0: All right. Hey folks, so we're back for the podcast. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, Since I've picked the podcast back up again a few weeks ago, I've had a lot of really nice messages through um, either from clients or from people on Instagram, just messaged me saying they enjoy the podcast. So it's nice. So thank you for the encouragement, guys. I appreciate it. It keeps me going (laughs) and uh, yeah, it's good. I did say to one of my clients that I'm gonna be talking more about lifting because I end up talking a lot about diet on this podcast simply because that's, I guess, I guess that the podcast is a bit more of my life lessons rather than sort of um, coaching, you know? The podcast as is the sort of um, stereotype, it's the stereotype of the middle-aged guy just talking (laughs) about about stuff. Um, So yeah, I guess in that sense, I'm more interested in diet and health these days because that's my focus, you know, for the next sort of 20, whatever years. Um, So yeah, naturally it tends to fall about diet. But uh, I did say to one of my clients, I'm gonna be talking a bit more about lifting at some point (laughs) and I will, but today I wanted to talk a bit about mindset. So, and a particular thing about mindset, so don't tune off yet if you find that boring, but the particular thing, right, redefining ourselves and not just redefining ourselves for for like the gym, you know, physique wise, going from fat to lean or from small to big, but also redefining ourselves for life. Like actually, how do we think about ourselves differently? And um, I often think, you know, when people are, when it comes to my clients, the ones who have the highest level of success, they either one, don't think about the end result that much, or two, they've already been there, or three, they have a clear idea of their goal. Where I find, and let's just kind of pick that apart a second and see why that's important. So yeah, I think there's an image of, you have an image of where you're currently at. And that image, depending on who you are and how old you are, is something that's been with you for possibly years, Or in some cases, decades. Now, where we have um, people who who generally tend to do really well is they don't, you know, they're young. They don't have an impression of themselves, you know, uh, which is embedded over years and years. Like you see people all the time on, like Reddit and stuff, going, "I've always been overweight. I've always struggled with my weight." And over the years, they've sort of picked up affirmation of why they're not the shape they want to be and why they're always gonna be the shape they want to be. So they'll blame the thyroid, they'll blame the slow metabolism, they'll blame all these things which in 2022, we know are mostly nonsense unless you have an actual medical condition. And the number of people who have a confirmed thyroid condition or whatever else or dyslipidemia is very small percentage of the population. So the odds are it probably does not apply to you. But you get people who are over the course of decades because they've just they've tried and failed, they have a sense of then who they are, like they are the fat guy. And um, I wanna just talk about myself for a second. Um, this was something that was particularly hard. And we'll, let's take this in sort of reverse order. We'll take this from where I'm at now, then from where I was previously, from when I was a young kid. So um, about, uh, probably at the start of the, well, the big C word, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if saying it can can get this podcast, um, you know, uh, hidden, but, When I was, I did my first bodybuilding show when I was um, 38, I think it was, or 37. But anyway, um, as I hit that age, I was starting to see 40 loom in the distance. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys and girls can kind of relate to that. You know, on the run-up to a big birthday, you start to think to yourself, well, I should be doing this. I should be doing this and blah, blah, blah. Right. But as I was approaching 40, particularly after the competition, I started to look at myself and go, yeah, I can't do this forever. You know, I remember once I was sat and my brother um, had come to visit me. And my brother is, um, he's like about the same height as me. Um, Structurally, he's about the same. Um, You know, we have similar bone structure, length of arms, legs, all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm sat there at about 96 to 98 kilos. And he sat there about 60 kilos. So I'm literally almost twice the size. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is not healthy. You know, I need to, um, this is not something I can do long-term. Uh, just to share weight on my frame, like, you know, 220 pounds, that's not a great deal for, for a lot of people. A lot of people will be happy to be 220, you know, coming down from say 300 or whatever. Right. But for me, it's a lot of my frame where my frame is naturally meant to hold a lot less weight. So, for me, at that way, I was thinking to myself, "Yeah, this is probably not ideal." Like, I think guys who continue to push it in their forties probably struggle uh, with their health in their fifties. So, I would sort of made a pact with myself that, okay, you know, what? you're going to you're going to pull this off, and you're going to start to consider retiring from not only bodybuilding but also strength training and any kind of endeavor where you're seriously pushing your body weight into the higher regions to gain more mass or more strength because I thought long-term it's not sustainable. But that wasn't something that happened overnight. That was, it's not something that comes easy. And the reason is um I've always been big fuzz, always. Um Always. <laughs> I mean, a lot of you guys are listening from YouTube, like my YouTube channel. And I only did YouTube when I had already slimmed down quite a lot. But this podcast, as you know, started about a month after my, bodybuilding show. And I was still pretty full blown then. This podcast has been going on for four years. So it wasn't an overnight realization and it wasn't an overnight thing. I didn't just wake up one day and go, that's it. I'm going to be, I'm going to lean down and I'm going to be, I'm no longer going to be, you know, big fast. And uh, it was a, it was a big thing. So because I think people expect you to be a certain way, you know, firstly, you have your own expectations. And I think over time, that's the first thing which you start to fight with like, you know full well that it's, it's going to be better for you. It's going to serve you better if you are a certain way. So for me, it was, it's going to serve me better if I'm closer to 180 pounds, 170 pounds. It's going to serve me better to be that size. It it doesn't serve me to carry on walking around at 220 anymore. It just doesn't. Um, it wouldn't have served my health long-term and you start to, um, you start to get these feelings but but in the hustle and bustle of life nothing really stands out to make you say okay i've got to get my weight down it doesn't happen you know you just sort of idle along and you have these interactions within your day where you know you like being big like i, li- I always like being big i cuz i've always been big i like being the biggest guy in the room i like being the strongest guy in the room and so you get these little affirmations which tell you okay you you know this is fine this is fun And if you're, you know, trying to lose weight, for example, you're bigger, and you know, you're you're overly fat, and you're trying to get leaner. Those affirmations will be food you eat, things you do with your family, social occasions. But for me, it was I like to be strong. You know, like I can remember going up to a deadlift bar where some guys were lifting, um, and they were deadlifting with four plates aside. Just you know thinking they were hot shit. And I walked to the gym stone cold and I went up and I deadlifted it in front of them just to be a dick. Because <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um and that was when I was a lot younger. But it's just you you like it. You you are used to it. And that that's, that was the way it was with me. I like being that big. I like being that strong. Um so it's hard to then say, okay, that chapter of my life is end ended. And it takes a while for that realization to happen. And so your self realization takes a while. I guess unless people have a big sort of event, like a doctor's says, you know, whatever, then maybe it happens quicker. You hear of these life stories as well. And then the other thing is people's expectations of you, they tend to pull you back in the same direction as well. So I remember sort of slimming down and coming back after lockdown because I did most of my slimming down during lockdown and I came back and some people were genuinely shocked, like "Whoa, holy crap, Faz, you lost all your size! What's going on?" Like, and it was actually quite offensive. Like, can you imagine going up to a fat person who would just put on a lot of weight and go, "Holy shit!" and just poke him in the belly and go, "Oh fuck, you got fat." But people don't think twice about saying that kind of thing if you have purposely slimmed down. You know, if you've lost some muscle, if you've slimmed down, and people don't think twice about saying that, poking you and saying, you know, what, what's happened? What, what happened? Kind of thing. I mean, what a horrible question. What happened? So every now and again that also pulled me back in the other direction. Cause I was like, man, <laughs> I'm like a six week bulk away from being full blown again. Um, Cause you know, it comes back easy. And I and I did sort of succumb to that a little bit as I sort of um, came back from lockdown. And there were some months during 2020 where I regained some weight, you know, as I got back in the gym, I started eating more again. And the size comes back really quickly. Um, That's something that people don't tell you, you know, like if you're trying to lean down and you're still training, you're still eating right. You have a few weeks of, you know, overeating, smashing a lot of protein, training hard. It all upregulates really quickly because your brain and your body remember what it's like to train that hard at that level of intensity with that amount of food all the time. It's very easy to pull it all back. So, you know, you think to yourself, oh, God, I'm one step away (laughs) from being full blown. But then you also think, you know, that's probably not great for health um, long term. Um, So, yeah, there's that. You fight sort of the inner demons and then you also fight people's perception of you. And I think, you know, for people who are trying to lose weight, there's a lot of that. People's perceptions of them is another part of it. So you have people will people see you in a certain way, I think, and it becomes hard for them to acknowledge you changing or even the idea of you wanting to change because it it sort of reflects on them. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit about my change going from, you know, uh, big to um, smaller, but still decently big. I'm about 180 now and pretty lean. So um, I guess the next big change for me was when I went from being fat to being shredded. And that's probably the biggest change I think a lot of people can relate to because a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people who listen to this podcast want to be leaner, or they want to be shredded, whatever. And I went from, yeah, say when I was at peak of peak of powerlifting, I was probably about 100 or so, but but quite a fat hundred kilo, so about 220. Um, and then when I shredded down for a bodybuilding show, I was absolutely peeled on stage, about 185. Um, so it was a big loss, and it was a big change. And then, since then, when I regained some muscle, you know, I got back to 220. It was a leaner 220. It was a better looking 220. But um, regardless of that, I think people can relate to this part of the journey quite a lot because they either struggle with it or, you know, they've been through it and they kind of understand. So I think, firstly, the biggest thing that I thought of because this wasn't something I did for health. This was something I did for um, just for the purpose of being competitive at something. I'd been competitive at powerlifting. It wasn't really working out anymore. I'd gotten a lot of injuries. And so i wanted to reframe my view of myself but that was tough because i was about 33 35 then and i've been a fat kid all my life so for conceivably my entire life that i could remember so let's say 25 years i had been the fat guy and i was trying to be the lean guy that's tough like that is really tough um the first thing is you have a series of habits built up like i wouldn't think twice about This actually scares me when I think about this now, but I wouldn't think twice about waking up in the morning and having like a chocolate bar or a coffee and stuff before, or like a pastry before work. I would literally chow down just pastries and 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 chocolate and coffee before work. Like, it's that would be normal for me right now. That would be horrific, and I'm not saying you know, day by day as a day by day as a treat, but actually consistently day in day out I wouldn't think twice of it I think people might be thinking now oh well I do that but yeah maybe you do that but maybe you see it as a treat okay maybe on a Sunday morning you wake up and have a pastry and a chocolate bar and a, and a coffee but it's your Sunday treat I'm not talking about that I'm talking about a Tuesday morning <laughs> so I, I wasn't you know when I, I was very strong but it was a case of getting in the calories and that was supporting my goals so I woke up in the morning I felt I had I hadn't been fed properly. Had a big squat session. I might chow down on something like that. I might drive by McDonald's and get a couple of burgers, you know, it because it was all about getting as big and as strong as possible, um, and also just habits that I had for a lifetime. Um, so this, this is why it always sort of um, flabbergasts me when when people who are on a diet going, I don't know why I can't lose weight. I stick to my diet most of the time because <laughs> I know what most of the time means. Anyway, it's get, getting off topic. So anyway, going back to sort of my, I I didn't have the greatest. Habits conducive to being lean is what I'm trying to say. But the thing is those habits have been with me for a lifetime. So if you're trying to change those habits, it's quite problematic because you're trying to change habits which have been with you for all of your adult life, maybe 25 years at that point. And prior to that, you know, you probably still did the same thing. You just didn't remember it because you were like less than 10 and you don't remember life back then. But um, so these habits were with me for like 35 years up until that point. Trying to break out of that, firstly, just in terms of habits is quite difficult. Like right now in the morning, I wake up, um, obviously I work for myself. So I go down, I make some tea or I make some coffee, depending on what I fancy that day. I'd neck a liter of water and then I have another liter uh, on my desk next to me. And I typically don't eat until about 12 o'clock. I mean, that is a pretty sparse Spartan routine. But uh, I don't think twice about it now because that's just a routine that makes me feel good. Um, so it's, it's a, it's done on purpose. So back then the routine that made me feel good and what I did on purpose was not conducive to where I wanted to be. So changing those habits, that was initially one of the biggest hurdles. How do I create effective habits? And I, I fell down the rabbit hole of the whole, um, if you fit your macros type of approach, like, yeah, just, you know, eat whatever you want to eat, just fit it in your calories, which is I mean, it has some merit, but if you think about it like this, if your appetite as a whole has you eating, say, 5,000 calories a day, and that's what you eat to get to your appetite with the foods you like eating, and then you take those same foods and you cut the portions down, well, what do you think is going to happen? Because previously you were eating to appetite, right? <laughs> so what do you think is going to happen? Well, <laughs> clearly you're going to be hungry, aren't you? It's like, so if you think about it in that way, it's it's. I mean, I don't want to get off on a whole big thing about if, if- it- you fit macros, but it really is a stupid approach for a lot of people who are in my position. Like, it doesn't work. You have to. It doesn't work without the education on how to eat better. You can't just say to someone, you know, just eat less of the stuff you like to eat. Because, okay, motherfucker, what if I like to eat chocolate bars and pizza all freaking day? Is that going to work? They're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because there are people out there like that, all right? And I know they are. So... You know that that kind of stuff. It, you do need some diet education alongside that, and I think a lot of people do. Obviously, we have a obesity epidemic, and the things that I think nowadays are fairly normal for me. I do also realize that for a lot of people, they're very abnormal. So, because I've been fat, I'm able, I'm better able to understand what fat people's habits are. So I know, I know the guy who's like in his early twenties who lives off pizza and beer. I know that guy. You know, <laughs> those people. <coughs> those people exist anyway back to the point so the point is that you have a series of habits which are not conducive to your new idea of yourself and changing those it's hard two ways one finding the right way is hard okay and that's where you know a good coach is, is effective I didn't get a diet coach really I had a complex prep coach but it wasn't a diet coach they were just contest prep, if it fits your macros, type of people. It was, it was, it did nothing <clears throat> to give me a balance of leanness for life. It was literally eat whatever you can, just fit it in your macros. So that's a good contest prep coach. Well, it's an okay contest prep coach. It's not a good diet coach. Um, so getting a coach, a coach, effective coach who understands obesity and maybe has been obese before helps. Um, the other thing is, it's it's sort of impressions of yourself, I guess. Like I had always been the big guy going from being the big guy who everyone likes to hang out with because you're big, you're fat, you're jolly and you're always up for a laugh. That's tough to break out of that. <coughs> I think that was probably the most shocking thing that I felt. Um, and I'll give you an example of that I had a friend of mine who I think, you know, when I look back and I think she was friends with me at a time where I was pretty overweight And I think to that, and I think, you know, we were good friends. And then as I got leaner, she got more and more weird. And uh, so basically she, you know, I I guess it was an odd relationship what we had because um, I'm just kind of trying to guess, you know, about this. But perhaps she thought in our sort of friendship that she's the, you know, she's the ten, and I'm the, I don't know, the five because I'm I'm her fat friend. I don't know because I didn't see it like that before. I just thought we were friends. And then what happened was as I got shredded and lean, you know, I looked different. My jaw was different. And I was getting a lot of attention and all that kind of stuff. She started to act really weird towards me. And I think that happens with people because the reason that it happens is they are potentially with you for how it makes them feel about themselves. So maybe they feel better being with you because they see you, uh, they see themselves as more attractive when they're with you. I don't know. I don't know. Um, You know, there's always the meme of the, um, the attractive girl, like flanked with a fat friend. I don't know if that's going to get me some hate mail, but but like it's a meme because it's true, right? So I don't know why that happens. You know, maybe I was a fat friend. Who knows? But uh, it kind of flipped on his head. Sort of as I got lead and shredded, her attitude towards me completely changed. And it went from being, you know, very, very friendly to being actually outwardly hostile. And um, the only thing that changed was the way I looked. My demeanor hadn't changed. I was still the same person. And I know I was. I was at an age where you know, none of this got to my head. I was still me. I still did the same stuff, still did the same work. But um, yeah, things massively changed. And, and I think for a lot of you guys, whether you've experienced that or not, you probably will experience it because there'll be some people in your life who like you the way you are. They'll be like, hey, you know, here's Faz, he's a big, big fat guy. We can go for drinks with him. You know, No one will mess with us when, he, when we're out in town with him because he's like a big presence and he eats a lot of food, has a lot of fun. And then um, you know when you're leaner and you're you're not always just stuffing your face like yeah you're not you're, you may be inwardly happy and content with life but you're not like hyper dopamine up and happy with everything because you're not stuffing your face all the time you're just level and stable and I think that's a lot that's a much better place to be um, I think like I'm I'm far more stable now with my moods and my energy um, rather than just, I think it's tiring to be up all the time no wonder you need to feed yourself all the time if you're if you're that big fat guy. Because it's probably exhausting just to be like up all the time. Be everyone's friend and laugh at everyone's jokes. And you you change all that when you're leaner. Because you don't, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem part of your personality. I don't know how to explain it really. <coughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I guess you're far more calculated with your smiles and things. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of research about that. Like fat kids who um, who overly reciprocate. Smiles and laughing to other people because that's how they're used to getting attention when they're younger as a kid. And maybe I did that. Maybe that's what I did. I don't know. Maybe as a kid, that's what I did. I, I was I I, w- I was sort of taught via social cues to laugh at people's jokes and interact with them more because that's how they would interact with me. Otherwise, they wouldn't, you know, because I was the fat kid. I don't know. I don't know. But um, so that kind of carries on to your into your adult life, and you're very. Reciprocative, you know, and maybe this is one of the reasons why I was always pretty good with women. Um, is that I was always very reciprocative. I, you know, listened to them, um, asked them, you know, questions about themselves, all the things that you know, pickup artists say you should do when you're um, chatting to a girl, you know, reciprocate their behavior, ask them questions, be interested, all that kind of stuff. I just did that kind of stuff organically because I was the fat kid and uh, it worked when I was older. Um, I don't know, but anyway um so what i'm I'm trying to say with that is i think there's a people will some people in your life will like you strictly for the way that you make them feel about themselves so when you change outwardly who you are it will really throw them off and it may cause a rift but if you're concerned or confused about why friends are suddenly turning on you that that might be it um so that's that was what i experienced going from fat to sort of shredded um in terms of like habits and social interactions and i think also you know there's this whole perception of yourself as well like how do you how do you go from being always the fat guy to being the lean guy it's different walking down the street is different you know you just your gait is different you walk differently you act differently you have different food choices you are like when i was younger i didn't eat, eat salads and all that stuff at all like i am the guy now who eats his fruits and vegetables all day every day I'm the guy who has a ridiculously high amount of protein and meat in my diet every day. I'm the guy who trains every day. <laughs> Starting to become that is—it's difficult. And I, one thing I say to a lot of clients is, um, like, the difference between you where you are at now versus you where you want to be. It's not just fifty pounds of fat. It's literally years of entrenched habits and changing them into nuance. Like, if you—if you woke up one day, right? It's just just as a like a thought experiment for you guys listening. If you woke up one day and you took on all the habits of somebody who was a lot leaner, what do you think would happen to you over the course of the next two, three, four, five, six months? Well, what would happen to you is you'd get lean. Like, let's say five years ago. If five years ago FAS was to take on all the habits of current FAS, like you train every single day, you do at least 10,000 steps a day, you'd have roughly 1.2 kilos of fruits and veg per day, about 200 grams of protein, very little else, Um, what, you know, be be running for a marathon, be training for a marathon, what do I think would happen to my physique? Well, as long as I stuck to those habits, progressively over the next six months, I would morph into a leaner, more muscular version of myself because that's what it is. That's how it works. Really, when it comes to making a life change, when it doesn't work is people can't stick to things, whether that's through their own fault or they get ill or whatever, they have setbacks, you know, but they can't stick to things. Yeah. But that's there is no mystery to fat loss. It's the mystery is how to get people to stick to it. So yeah, the big thing about sort of the the social perception, the mental perception is, can you perceive yourself doing all those things? Like, could I perceive myself waking up, necking a pint of water and uh, a liter of water and getting another one for the desk, um, and everything else that's involved in what I do? I don't know. So, but once you can do that, that's what helps. And obviously this is where a coach helps because your coach can give you the accountability until you are ready to go on your own. That's important. That is important. And I think if you have an effective coach, it's important. If you have just a, a macro coach, it won't do it. If you are, I'll just say this categorically now. If you're a fat person and you have been fat in the past and you are just overly fat and you want to hire somebody who works exclusively with macros and not what you eat, you will fail. I'll just say that now unless you take a large degree of the burden on yourself and how to educate yourself but then again then why do you have a coach but anyway that's a different thing now I guess the very last sort of big transition that or well the first big transition if we're going in reverse order that I had in life was um, when I went from being the fat kid to the muscular kid <laughs> and this was about when I was 17 um, I was I was your basic skinny fat kid you know overly fat. I think I was about, I mean, I was heavier when I was 15 years old than I am now, which was uh, pretty crazy. When I was 15, I was about, yeah, I was about 220 again. My, my body for a large portion of my life likes to sit at about 220. And right now I'm sitting at about 175. So it's a big, you know, it's a big change. And um, it's an effortless 175 as well. So it does show you the power of habits. But anyway, the big sort of change that I made when I was younger was going from this fat kid to being quite lean and then quite muscular. I'll tell you what though, that change wasn't anywhere near as hard. And I think part of it was maybe you're just young, but also part of it is when you're young, you have no preconceptions about what you can do because your idea of self has not been around for very long. Your idea of self is just the last couple of years. You don't really know who you are at that age. So I find with younger people, it's generally easier to train them because mentally they're ready to accept new habits. The ones who have the hardest time redefining themselves are the older people who are stubborn. The older people who are stubborn in the sense that their mentality sucks. Like I've had a couple of older clients whose mentality just absolutely fucking sucked because, not because they're negative, but because they're not willing to change. So you have somebody who's like, I wanna be 50 pounds lighter or 20 pounds lighter but I like my life the way it is. It's like, well, in that case, what's my job role here? Like, what do I do? You know? Well, how about we change some of these uh, ingredients up and, you know, look at making make some healthy meals. Yeah, but you know, I like eating like this. Um, okay. How about we get to the gym and start building some muscle then? If you don't want to change your diet, maybe we can build some muscle. Yeah, you know what, my back hurts. Um, yeah, I'll get to it next week. When next week comes around, Something else hurts. Oh, I got busy. Okay, all right, all right. So uh, how about we start real, real basic. If you don't want to change your diet, and if you don't want to go to a gym, how about we just get you walking more? Oh yeah, you know what, I'm really busy, and uh, work is impossible right now. Uh, Then, okay. The next week rolls around and go, Faz, I haven't lost any weight yet. What do you think is going wrong? What could I do to improve? Well, gee, I don't fucking know. Maybe you could try doing some of the things I fucking suggest. (laughs) So it it turns into like a a roundabout roller coaster like that. So that I think is some of the hardest clients to work with. And you guys listening will probably think, wow, that sounds crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen very often. I can probably count on my left hand the number of times it's happened in the last five years, right? It doesn't happen often. But I think people do that to a degree, you know, sometimes. But um, my point is, you know, I've been doing this for 22 years at this point. You know, body composition re-improvement, redefining myself, and if you stick to the plan, <laughs> it does. But a large part of it, the the difficulty is redefining yourself mentally, and that's kind of what this is about. Accepting the new you is really what it's about. So seeing yourself as that new person, where you want to be, and accepting that as something which is a reality. That is so important. Now, I don't know how to do that better. You could try visualization. You could try just talking to yourself, writing down your goals. I don't know. You could try all those things. Even for strength, like, can you see yourself as the guy repping out three plates a side right now? If you're the guy repping out two plates, a lot of times it's just mental. You know, um, you've got to really strengthen your resolve and go, not only are my, those are my goals, but I believe I can hit those goals. Um, so yeah, there's no prescription for that really. You've just got to actually, <laughs> as the uh, the meme, meme Kyriakis Grizzly said, you've got to live it. Right, folks, I'm going to call it there. Hopefully that was somewhat useful. Um, give you a bit of my experience anyway. And let me know if that was. Um, hit me up on iTunes. Um, give it a five star review. Chat to me on Instagram. Let me know what you think of the podcast. And um, yeah, I'll speak